wait for Ward to join this week's Top Plays podcast episode. Uh, he is right here, but he's waiting. Uh, there he is. But uh, as I wait for him, uh, I just want to say that uh, I played... It's not really remastered or anything. It's just they did a rare replay on Xbox Live for GoldenEye, uh, which I finally... Um, joined again for like three bucks. I was actually less than three bucks this week and uh, played that game. And it got me thinking yesterday, man, I haven't seen the actual movie going on. I, the game is classic, but I have just one James Bond movie I never watched. So I uh, queued it up because it's on HBO and it is abysmal. It's just, I told Ward it's wretched because it's just very, very cheesy. I'm used to the Daniel Craig movies being actually really good and this was pretty awful, so I wasted two hours of my life. What has nothing to say about it? It has a 7.2 on IMDb. If you go back and watch it, though, because I don't know how much of that is like a replay. Um, right. It, yeah, it wasn't fair. Like, even just like as a James Bond movie man it's really like oof. i got spoiled by the daniel craig ones being pretty solid and this one is just kind of like like very a lot cheesy. of the review a lot of the reviews are very high well i feel like when they went with daniel craig especially after uh what's the casino especially after casino royale which originally was james bond but it wasn't a james bond movie the original, and so they redid it to introduce Daniel Craig as the new Bond, and I feel like after that, uh, they took a much more serious tone with Daniel Craig's version. Or I think the Pierce Brosnan version was meant to be like a little silly, a little like over the top. It was, it was pretty pretty wild um but yeah i finished it up tonight i had about 30 minutes left on it because uh i got caught up watching um last of us which man what a heavy episode for last of us Oof. only one more yep so uh very curious i need to play the game i think by the time that the second season would start which best case scenario would be for like a year and a half. We're looking at probably summer of next year or fall of next year. Best case scenario. Because um, they have to get the script. They have to write it, film it, edit it. So, you know. But uh, by then, hopefully I'll have played the first game. Kind of have an idea what's what's going on as far as the game versus um, TV show. But I've definitely not been disappointed by the TV show at all. No, it's been really, really, really good. You know what else I'm not disappointed by? This Romeo Julieta cigar by AJ Fernandez. It's a. I keep saying, I want to start saying what cigar I'm smoking while recording, and then I forget. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always forget. So, just had to slide that in there. I just lit it. AJ Fernandez is one of my all time favorite cigar makers. He has like his own line, like AJ Fernandez, his own cigars. 
but then he's also like the LeBron James of, hey, team, you want a ring? I'll come to you, as he did. Let's see, Cleveland. He left Cleveland, went to Miami, got a ring, got them a ring, went back to Cleveland, got Cleveland a ring, came to L.A. I know it's been rough lately, but still, he came to L.A. and he got a layer ring. Well, A.J. Fernandez, aside from having his own brand of cigars, he's just a – they're blenders because they blend the tobacco. And so he he's known like this is not an A.J. Mm-hmm. Fernandez cigar. Technically, it's a Romeo and Julieta cigar, which is their own company, been around a very long time. But this one is blended by A.J. Fernandez. So he'll do that. He'll other companies hire him to like make cigars for the, all the time. So he'll like work with them on them. So anyways, yeah. And enough of that. What were you going to say before I interrupted? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, speaking of, uh, I have no idea how I was going to transition that, but I was going to say that, uh, what do you think of your boy, Emo Carr, uh, AKA, um, I always call him Emo Carr. I can't remember his first name right now. Derek Carr. Uh, what do you think about him signing with the Saints? Well, first off, that's funny because I always want to call him David Carr. I don't know why, but I always get his, his brother. Is that his brother? Yeah, yeah. his brother played for the Texans. was like the number one draft pick. and It was David Carr. I guess that's why. For some was... reason, it's just stuck in my head. But anyways. He's much better than David Carr. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, anyways, I I like Carr. I think he's really good. And I want to see him do well. I didn't really follow the Saints last season. I know they didn't have exactly that great of a season or the season before. They kind of like in rebuilding mode. And uh, uh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank now. Red Rifle. The former F- no, the former FSU quarterback. Oh, uh, Winston. Winston. James. Win- yeah, Jameis Winston just hasn't worked out enough for them as the starter. And so, I mean, they just – I don't really know what he's going to be working with going there. I'm hoping it turns out well for everyone. But a lot of people thought he was going to end up at the New Jer- – the um, – Jets. Jets. And so it seems like it was a bit of a surprise when all of a sudden, whoa, he's going to the Saints. So. Well, there's not many teams that wanted to talk to him. Like, I know he kept pushing it out, but it was really the same two teams. Uh, the Saints aren't like a bad option. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the whole Kamara thing. Um, I know that, remember, I was telling you last year, that's going to get pushed out. It's going to keep getting pushed out. Well, you know, it's going to be discussed this year. So there's a chance he could be suspended at some point during the upcoming season. Um, he does have a lobby, which is, a, he's a great receiver. So, I mean, he does have a nice young receiver right. there. Um, right. Michael Thomas has been injured. So I'm not counting on Michael Thomas. He's, he's always injured. Yeah. He is always injured. It's crazy. And, and they're in a bad division. I mean, they have a few things going for them at least. So. They could probably win that division was what I'm basically trying to say with, with getting him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remind everyone, 
what the whole Kamara thing is in case listeners either don't know or have. There was a thing in Las Vegas last year. Um, I think it was around the Super Bowl time and there was an assault. Um, him and a few other people got charged. There was a fight like in an elevator and it was very, very dangerous uh, as far as like uh, the guy that got beat up. And so he got charged, but it kept getting pushed back and it was, discussed like it's actually not going to happen this season if anything it would happen um because it's not like he's going to do jail time or anything but he could be suspended um given the nfl's conduct policy uh so there's a chance of that but no word right now but more than likely well possibly could miss a few weeks i'd say up to four or something like that i i you never know with the nfl they're very weird when it comes to suspensions it could be nothing but my guess is there'd right. be a few weeks at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just got completely pushed back and didn't matter at all last season. And he didn't matter at all because his coach refused to give him any goal line carries and gave him all the Jason Hill. I mean, I'm not bitter about it. I mean, you know. <laughs> but that has. is not Taysom's fault. Let's let's talk to your team right now because we had some good news within the last couple of days. I remember I told you that Ingram was going to get tagged. Uh, he officially got tagged today with the franchise tag, which very big fan of that. And uh, also I saw today. Yeah, because he's good, and people would have wanted him. Oh, he's he was really great this year, he, especially towards the end of the season. And then uh, Ridley got reinstated. So you got two weapons coming back to Jacksonville. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Adding Calvin Ridley is going to be awesome, I think. Uh, we already – I mean, you already had – really strong looking weapons just from coming back from last year. I mean, you got ETN, you got Ingram. I mean, um, my mind's drawing a blank on the one, the receiver that really stood out this year. Oh, Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk. That's it. I couldn't remember his last name. I could remember the first name was Christian. I couldn't remember Kirk. Uh, so like Zay Jones did pretty good towards the end of the season did. too. He did. And I think, um, I'm hoping, and I think Kirk will come back. So, oh, he's he just signed a, a, a contract last year, so he's I think four years was, at least. It was a four year. I couldn't remember how long it was. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was multi. It was big money. It was. It was like four for four for eighty or something like that, somewhere in that ballpark. But that's pretty solid money, and he was great yeah. last year for them. Yeah, a lot of people accuse them of overpaying him, but I don't think so. Nope. One other division thing for you that's actually good news. I don't know if you heard this uh, as well. Um, the Titans are looking to trade King Henry. I guess they're just wanting to completely rebuild, so that's too much This money they want to unload. I mean, why? I don't get it. Why would you? I mean... I know that they're not like a title contender. They don't really have any good receivers. Um, right. It doesn't look yeah. like they're going to bring back. Um, uh, I can't. I, <laughs> Tannehill. It doesn't seem like they're going to bring him back at all. So I get it from that aspect. If you're not going to do anything, why try to get something out of him? Because he has one more year left on his deal. And then they're probably going to let him go because he'll be at 30 at that point. I think he's 29 entering this season. Right. And he may be pushing to go too. I mean, he may be saying he doesn't really want to be there anymore. I don't know. I haven't heard that, but it could be. That. I mean, I, I would imagine 
some team would want him, especially like if you could get him for like a decent draft pick or something. I don't know how, what kind of capital they would want, but I mean, you wouldn't pay a lot for him because he, it's a running back. And I know most of the time uh, running backs don't have a long shelf life, but he's been, he's a monster the exception to the rule. I mean, he's been very good except yeah. that one year he, you know, broke his foot and still was doing great a, that year. He's a monster. I mean, any team that he joins, he's gonna they're gonna be improved upon by adding him. I would think, you know, I mean, he's such oh, a yeah. dominant. Especially if they're close. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some places he could go that would really, really turn tables. So, I mean, it won't happen. But, but think ahead. about if like the Chiefs made a trade for him or something. Not that they necessarily need him, um, but yeah, no. that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. Or like, because they have the Ravens. And everything. Oh, please no! <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. I mean, was, oh, yeah. no. but uh-huh. yeah, he would improve so many teams. They would do so well. The freaking uh, the Rams. Um, I don't see them making that move because I don't know how many, what kind of pieces they're going to have right. or who they're no. trading. Yeah, no, I'm not saying these are people I actually think will do it. I'm just saying these are teams that would benefit from it. Uh, Denver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, for sure. Denver. Oh, Denver Dude. would be very good. Yeah, because Javante Williams is coming back off his, um, right. I think it was an ACL tear. Yeah, I mean, a, I mean, to have Peyton coach Coaching, um, coaching King Henry would be pretty awesome. I feel like that could work really, really well. I think. Den- oh yeah, I feel like he'd get a ton of goal line stuff. Yeah, I think Denver will do all right this year. I mean, because coach, I mean, Sean Payton is no joke, and so I think they'll be better. I mean, really, they they can't get worse than they were last year. <laughs> if we're being honest, um, did you Very see Gino got a deal too? No, I did not see that. Three years, $104 million, I believe. While I do think he has proven himself, that's a lot. I think it's more of like a hold this down while we draft a young quarterback and be our quarterback for like two years or something would be my guess. Okay, that's a lot of money for like a two-year stopgap. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not really. I guess in some instances, because if you think about it, it's not. All, it's probably an all guaranteed. These are just the figures I saw. I didn't see like the guaranteed money or anything. So let's just do an NBA kind of like average it out, and that's like what thirty three something per year. I mean, it's going to be different than that because there's going to be guaranteed money. There could be a signing bonus or something, right? Uh, which would equate less per year, but roughly about thirty some million dollars. I mean. I guess if you're going to give, if Daniel, yeah. Daniel Jones is wanting like, which is insane to me, $45 million. Um, I guess Gino will at least be worth 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the market is so messed up ever since the Deshaun Watson deal and then the Russell Wilson deal. So, which is why we're having all this turmoil with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They offered him a pretty good 
Like, yeah. I think a bigger deal than people expected, and he still turned it down. Now, I think there were certain, like, exclusives or something on it that he didn't like, stipulations or something. But it was a lot. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I have not seen the offers or anything, but... It was a lot. Oof. It was a lot more money than most people expected the Ravens to ever offer him so just because they're known for not you know like offering big numbers like that so I think a lot of people were surprised he turned it down even but I heard some people talking about it today and there was there was either like certain stipulations or something about all exclusive or something I don't know but anyways he turned it down regardless of the reasons and I was kind of surprised because I think it was like a certain number of years that ended up being like 200 or something mil. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So. That's somewhat surprising. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've, we definitely got to at least talk about this story. Um, we don't have to get into it like a crazy amount. And it, it was a little bit of a pivot from the NFL but uh, those are like the main deals I could think of that I've seen like the last couple of days. Oh, um, one last one is yeah. Pollard got franchise tagged for like ten million dollars, which is good for him. I think. I mean, as far as like not good for him that, being on the franchise. That is tag. good for. Yeah, I mean that is good for him. Um, but also I, he might could have gotten more somewhere because he has shown to be as good, if not better, than Ezekiel. Elliot for the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, I wonder where he could have gone. I would say, I would say it's more of like good for the Dallas Cowboys. So my apologies there. Um, I think it's a good deal for, for how much he can yeah. produce and them only getting him for like 10 million bucks for a season. Cause like he was really, really good this past year. Actually the past two years, he's been their best running back. Yeah. I could see when it comes time, uh, him either renegotiating with them for a good bit more or him going somewhere else. But it's also just sad how little running backs get paid compared to other like positions, considering how important they can be. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. King Henry, for example, can be a complete game changer. You know, there was, uh, Kamara, you know, he, obviously, like we said, he's got some stuff coming up, but in the past, he's been able to be a complete game changer. Saquon, uh, McCaffrey, like compared to like big name receivers, and then obviously quarterbacks, like running back, make his. They just don't make the same. No, and I think it's because they can be so replaceable. I mean, just this is not the this first situation of this, but look, even at the Steelers, their backup running back was. Um, uh, Jalen uh, Warren this year and he was an undrafted free agent and he would just worked his way up the depth chart and became the second running back on the team he passed Benny Snell he even for a period of time was kind of trying to take over some carries uh, from you know the starter and it's impressive uh, as far as like that type of like work ethic that's not common, but it, it, you can with running back kind of find someone to, to kind of get, yeah. you, or you, a lot of times running back by committee um, to right. kind of make up for this, like the lead back type thing. 
Right. Well, I mean, look at Robinson. That was really did well for Jaguars. Like when they didn't have hardly mm-hmm. anything year before last and he was it, you know, like Trevor Lawrence, you know, said like he is the most talented football player on our team. You know, granted he's not in Jacksonville anymore, but still like he was, he was undrafted. And, and yeah. he's, and he was really solid his rookie year. Yeah. Like, excellent. Yeah, really, really good. And he was doing good last year. It's just they also had the ETN. And so they decided just to go all in with ETN and and move him somewhere else. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, that's someone that went undrafted. Um, But still, I think think a lot of it is you don't want to put a lot of money on a running back because they get so beat up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a superstar running back has an injury and – is never the same or you know like they just i mean look at a perfect example was fred taylor uh for jaguars he was incredible when he played he was setting records at that time when he played but he was also known as fragile freddy because he was getting hurt so much i mean that just shows how good he was for him to like in the short amount of time that he actually spent on the field he was incredible but he was hurt so much so like you don't want to put a ton of money into someone and then stuff like that happens so i get it but it still seems a little bit unfair yeah and now to uh to fully pivot is yes. uh, the john morant situation i feel That's like crazy it. i don't mean he's crazy i know i just mean it's a crazy and i think I was trying to think about how I want to talk about it today. I don't really care when it comes to the stuff that was released in the Washington Post on Friday. And it's not that I don't care about it. It's just all speculative. And it's all he said, she said, one person's word versus another. Right. And if, you know, he had gotten an actual fight with anyone, it's not a good look. Uh, if the person's 17, obviously a terrible look. Um, to what degree was he throwing punches? Was he not throwing punches? Did he get a gun? Did he not get a gun? It It's not a good look anyway. And so, I mean, that's also, like, it's very circumstantial. And um, I, I just can't believe what's happening to the Grizzlies this year because I think they were such a young team that people liked. Uh, John Morant is a player that is one of the most popular players in the NBA and what what I'm most frustrated or what I'm like whoa that's you gotta you gotta like you can't do that this time like right at the time like it's bad timing and it's it's bad look at at the wrong time and what I'm meaning and referring to is the uh video I think it was late night going into Sunday uh like Saturday going into Sunday after a game um he was at a strip club and brandished uh, in a in an uh, Instagram live video, it wasn't like someone caught him. He posted this on his own feed, uh, and he flashed a pistol. And right after that post and <laughs> the article came out, that's terrible timing. Yeah, it's just it's not like, a good look. He's under a microscope, so then he goes and does one of the like worst things, you know. And yeah, yeah. And I'm not condoning it, but like right. any other time would have been better. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, And the thing is, doing that right after all this stuff came comes out, it just gives more credence to people that want to be like, "Oh, see, here's a pattern," you know. And and maybe that is, maybe it is the case. I don't, I don't know. Um, But like you said, because the other stuff is circumstantial, but it's just that thing of like, it's, it's that's a bad look. That's a bad look with everything going on, John Morant. That's a bad look. I have heard some different people say things about it that I think is good. You know, like different people talked about. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to, I want I to tie in some of that stuff too. So I heard Bill Simmons say today um, that, you know, like I did a lot of stupid stuff when I was 23. And he didn't like get into it. But he's like, so I mean, I'm not blaming John. He is young. It's just like, what do you, my thing is like, what are you thinking after all this comes out? Then you go and you flash your pistol. Not the best look. Um, I'm not saying you have to be super careful, but you probably need to do like insulate yourself just a little bit um, in terms of like you don't want to screw yourself out of money or whatever. Just even right. like you don't want to set y- yourself yeah. up. Yeah. And I mean, he is young. He is. I think mm-hmm. sometimes people forget how young he is, but it's just like, yeah, be smarter than that, man. And why are you doing that yeah. anyway? You know, like it's just it's not. It's not you don't need to do no, it. You don't need to do it. It's not necessary. And I've heard a lot of different people say different things. And most everybody, even when they're saying kind of like what we are, is like, why'd you do that? You shouldn't have done that. You need to rein it in. People, you know, he talks about like your fa- like family and all. Y'all need to rein him in type of deal. Um. But they're all, everyone I have heard and read talk about it are, are doing it from a place of, listen, you're young. Let's start making better choices. Do what you need to do to get things straight. If like mentally you're feeling like pressure or whatever, whatever's going on, it seems like they're saying like, we want the best for, for you. We know that you can, you know, like come back from this type of deal. It's like, they're not they're not just like sweeping it on the rug and like saying, uh, this isn't a big deal. But they're also saying like you can that John Morant can come back from this, you know, and that maybe he just yeah, and so it's this thing of like maybe he just needs some help. Oh, absolutely. You know, or maybe make some better decisions, whatever's causing, you know, this type of thing. It's like we you know, we're we're not letting you off the hook but we love you and we respect you. That seems to be from what I can tell what most like former NBA players and people in the league and the talking heads of the league are saying, you know, like Stephen A who, I mean, Stephen A, he has kind of a shtick, you know, he's loud, you know, whether you agree with him on points or not, which honestly I do agree with a lot of stuff he says, but you know, that's his thing. Like he said something the other night and I thought it was really, really good. Uh, Jalen Rose talked about like stuff and see, and he, Jalen Rose does a lot of inner city and gun violence and stuff like that. Like he, he does a lot of that work with like nonprofits and stuff. And so he was talking about it. He, the reason he does a lot of that is because yeah, he was young and really went down Mm -hmm. a wrong path and, and stuff. So like, 
Right. Yeah. He grew up in it. And that's another thing. I have he grew up in what it John too. Morant's life is like or what his childhood was like. But that's another thing a lot of talking heads are saying, like, dude, you didn't grow up. Um, you know, like someone that lived around like guns and and living like kind of like on the streets and a tougher life, which I don't know if any of that's true. But that's what a lot of people are saying. They're like, so like, why are you doing this? You don't need to do this. You don't, you don't need to prove how tough you are. So, you know, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I like John Morant. Seems like we're finding out that he's made some poor decisions, obviously. So, you know, hopefully um, what he said about getting things together and like mentally getting to a better place, will, you know, that seems sincere. Hopefully it was. And that he'll come back stronger and with the, and with a better mindset to make better decisions. Yeah. And uh, kind of to still stay in like the basketball lane, uh, not necessarily the NBA, but uh, you know, young basketball players, we've got a lot coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, this week being conference tournament week. Yep. Um, and then next week, of course, March Madness. Um, and the Big 12 tournament's going to be crazy. Uh, West Virginia played Saturday, and it was a wild game. I thought they were going to get shot out um, of the game at the start. There was a couple times they went down by like eight, nine points, and I was like, ah, oh, they're, they're going to come, you know, not hold out. And they played very tough. And surprisingly, I guess uh, just because of how well they played in such a tough conference, they're supposed to make, uh, regardless of what happens uh, Wednesday night when they play Texas Tech, um, they're supposed to make the NCAA tournament. Um, they kind of just depending how well they do. I mean, if they win Wednesday, they would have to play Kansas on Thursday. <laughs> and Kansas, although we've played them tough, um, yeah, they're tough to beat. Uh, so I would imagine they win against Texas Tech on Wednesday and then lose on Thursday. I think maybe they can get high as 10, but I think probably about 11 seed uh, for them. Um, but it's 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 kind of a fun week. Um, I loved the Big East tournament back in the day, and I have grown to love Big 12, uh, the Big 12 tournament. But uh, I do check out some of the other tournaments and keep an eye and see who's, like, upsetting. Because you can have just, like, one really good week. Uh, like, I think – oh, man, I don't even know the year. But there's a, a year Syracuse basically won and got into the NCAA just by having a really good tournament and getting the automatic bid. And then they, I think, made it to the Final Four or Elite Eight – uh, as a higher seed too um so you can really if you just had a terrible season if you can catch like michigan one year i think caught it at the right time it's just if you can catch it at the right time and and just have a, a really solid week as a team just hit like a like a heater um you can kind of carry you and propel you into the tournament and kind of maybe carry some of that over and have a good run or something i think last year uh north carolina was kind of like that too towards the end of the season like they had a really good tournament run and then they, they the were game. Yeah, so like North Carolina, for North Carolina standards, was a little below what you expect from them last year. And then they beat Duke. And for it was Krzyzewski's uh, last game at home, of a, like a regular season game. And North Carolina came out and beat them. And it was very much a surprise to a lot of people. And then, yeah, they had a really solid run in the tournament. And they they just waited till near the end of the season to really turn it on. So, yeah, I, I, 
have yet to really follow any college this season. I usually am much better about it, but I do know that the Aggies recently beat Alabama, which that's, you know, like interconference mm-hmm. rivalry. And also Alabama is, they were numbered. I don't know if they've dropped. I haven't looked, but before that game, they were still number two, like just in the NCAA. So. I think they're top five right now. I don't know their their exact number, but right. they're they're one of the best teams of the season. They've been a very very solid team. There's been a lot going on around that whole program, uh, so hopefully, uh, none of that is a distraction. But yeah, there has also yeah. hopefully it's handled well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a very very like for an NCAA tournament, like I'm used to like these power, not even power conferences, but like certain teams going very well. And this is one of those years. I know we've, we've talked about a couple of weeks. Like when I do my bracket, like there's a really solid chance. I'm not going to do anything because I feel like you almost have to get the winner. Right. Because it's going to be such a weird year. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it seems just pretty open in a lot of ways, which is a good thing. That's exciting. You know, that it's mm-hmm. not, just oh well you can go ahead and just expect like these certain players to be in you know like the fact that it's uh that it does seem to be so open and almost like anyone's year that's that's exciting it is and i'm gonna say this is the week because i mean I'll, I'll be honest like there are certain games or certain times i really get into the college basketball season but most of the time i'm like finishing up nfl um getting in the nba because that's you know just starting um so college really when I really get into it I mean I'll pay attention like different points during the year but really like conference title week and uh of course March Madness that's when I really am like oh man this is this is pretty solid so um maybe check out on some of the I, any really any tournament but a lot of the bigger yep. ones too um usually have some uh close games uh some familiarity there so I think Big 12 starts on Wednesday I think ACC starts tomorrow uh, I think Pac-12. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't looked yet. There's there's a lot on, and yeah. it's like you could literally just put it on ESPN Plus, put it on ESPN One or Two, right? Pretty much all day, and just go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's and, and it's. I love the Big East tournament. There's one game that was it will be one of my favorite games I've ever watched, and it was UConn and Syracuse, and the winner played West Virginia in the next next round because we had already advanced earlier in the night. That thing went to six overtimes. It was insane and one of the best spectacles I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it. I kept calling my friend up. And I'm like, dude, can you believe it? It's another overtime. And it went to six overtimes. That's a long, that's a long game. That's a long game. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was in the garden. Oh. Right. Now, I'm looking forward to it as I do every year. Uh, let's go ahead and say that. Are we going to do brackets? I mean, I should have one. I mean, we have been recording mainly on Monday or Tuesday, and I would imagine right. it's going to be put out by then. Um, the games themselves start on, like, the, the play-in games, which aren't counted towards, like, any type of um, brackets as far. I usually pick them still, but they don't count towards anything until Thursday. So if you – sometimes they have an 11 seed that looks enticing – to win i think last year i had one of the uh, 11 seeds winning two games at least um i'd have to look on like instagram or something and, and check it out but i'm pretty sure i had one of the 11 seeds winning not only the playing game but also 
the their first round matchup against the the lower seed, and that happened. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely will always do a bracket. I don't know how much betting I'll do in one, uh, just because. I feel like this year, unless I get the title, I like to pick the winner correctly. I really don't have much of a chance because it's going to be so tough. I think this is going to be yeah, one of the hardest years to gauge. Yeah, don't don't lose all your money. <laughs> I will not. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to do a bracket. I really thought it'd been like fun, and I know we we don't have time now probably, but it'd been really fun to do like me, you, and like two other people, and we'd each get like uh, I don't know like each get 16 picks or something like that and do a March sadness bracket of just emo bands. And then, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. And then like, po- like post on Instagram live, like we'll do one, one region this day and then whoever gets the most votes advances. And then we'll do a ne- another region another day and you keep doing that. And then you just like, you have, you know, it could, you could like, it could be like the emo and emo adjacent, like pop punk kind of stuff, but that would have been kind of, kind of cool to do maybe we can do that some year because i think that'd be just like a fun like even people that ne- not necessarily don't listen to the podcast but maybe you can even be like oh i'll have to check this podcast out because we're gonna have like march sadness every yeah year. No, no i think that could be fun for sure to do something like that um, and then obviously the regular bracket i'd start getting that going oh yeah um, well no i do like that idea um speaking of basketball uh to jump back to the nba a little bit uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, mm-hmm. and it has continued. Like there have been some good games in the NBA as of late. You know, it seems like after they, yeah, yeah after like scheduling. a horrible All Star game, a lot like the NBA is it's just like as a whole, like it's been an entertaining league post All Star break man it's been good there's been a good bit of overtime a lot mm-hmm. of really close games um some like comeback games but a lot of really like close ones and even though uh, the Mavs lost recently not only did they lose but Doncic missed what looked like an easy layup <laughs> you know like you know it was a exciting game the other night the Mavs and the Suns and that could very likely the, the matchup again like it was last year in the playoffs and dude it's just been very hope. entertaining basketball lately like um the heats had some booker and luca like don't like I, I each don't other know. i don't think at least yeah and it made like it. it and i love it it's great for it's great for basketball it's it nice is. to have those rivalries and they seem to be blossoming. It and it could be more that there it's just on the court but yeah it does uh yeah, that's what it I'm does thinking. seem that way. And I mean, like, Miami's had some really close games. The 76ers have had some really close games. The 76ers uh, barely eked it out, but like, they beat the Bucks the other night. Like, really good game. That was a massive oh, dude. Because they were, they were down. They scored like, was it 48 points in the fourth quarter? That's insane. Something crazy uh, like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like Harden looked good too. And that's, that's not something he, I say very often. He looked really solid. This whole season, he's really stepped it up. You know, it's been it's been good. So, like, he's really stepped it up. I think the the hardest part when it comes to watching them is, even though he is in the running for MVP again this year, like Embiid 
while he is such a good player, when it comes to physicality, he just, he seems like he holds back. Like the other night, dude, like it showed, I think Harden, like he and Harden both had 30 something points, but Harden had a lot more rebounds than he did. And it's just like, Embiid, you should be like dominating boards a lot of games. I don't know. Like I, I like Embiid a lot, but he, Kind of reminds me of Anthony Davis at times. So Anthony Davis has been playing really well lately. But it's that thing of like, it's like, dude, you could be so much more dominant. You just seem to play passive. One thing that I thought was very um, good about that game against the Bucks, like I like PJ Tucker. I think we've talked about it. Like I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I like you know how he's kind of worked himself into like, getting an NBA career. But then putting Niang in, I mean, I was rooting for the Bucks, but Niang looked really, really good. Was hitting a lot of threes, and because Tucker wasn't in the game, that kind of like allowed helped them with the comeback. I don't, I don't think they played. And granted, he's a guy I like a lot, but I don't. They had a really hot quarter um, for Grayson Allen. He had like twenty points in the third, and then he kept riding Grayson Allen in the fourth quarter, and Grayson Allen was enjoying like anything at all so that was a little wild to me like i would put in carter or yeah like Middleton didn't look good either he didn't like play very well that game um grayson allen has definitely played really well but it hasn't become a consistent thing yet so i think it's this thing of like when he's hitting keep him but with it being somewhat, it seems like it's somewhat inconsistent. I'm not saying he won't get to be get to where he's consistent, uh, and it's really good when it's good. But when he starts cooling off, maybe okay, yeah, that's the time to pull him. You know, like until he gets to that point where he's like more consistently on. Now, on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. Maxi. Yeah, Maxi's been really good, and then bringing him uh, into the starting lineup, I think, was a was a good move. I think so too. But part of me wonders if maybe, like, you know, like sometimes you have these people that look like they should be starters, and then what? And then what happens is it's like a spark, and you don't realize it until you let them be a starter for a while. It's like there's such a spark that they bring coming off the bench that is lost. It doesn't happen all the time. And I'm not saying that is the case with him, but I do think that may right now, I think that may be a possibility that, um, that he may almost be like one of those players that like is a spark off the bench and just had to say, but he definitely is deserving of the starting role. He has been playing in. Speaking of spark, Emmanuel quickly last night. Good lord, he was wild. He was balling out last night. He had what, like fifty some minutes he played, which is just insane. And he had like thirty was a, eight points, I think. Like what? Yeah, something like that. It was like what double? Yeah, it was double overtime because I, I started watching towards the end of the fourth quarter, um, and I was rooting for the for the Knicks because they've been they've been on like a, a heater. This is not, it was nine wins in a row now. Um, and it's just like Brunson. They didn't even, yeah, they didn't even have Brunson. That's what I was about to say. They didn't even have Brunson. Yeah. And like. And that's, and all the, the Celtics played. Like you had Tatum and Brown playing. Granted, uh, Rob Williams was, was injured. But still, like for your, your two big guys were out there. And Brunson was not out there. 
and quickly just kept doing the same move. Like he would just get to the paint and he would just put up a little shot and make it every time. Like they just weren't, they weren't even trying to defend it, which was wild to me because like, you know what he was going to do. He was going to try to switch yeah. and then drive it in. And he kept doing that successfully. And Brunson now, like every day we get further away from it, looks like such a, I can't believe Dallas let him go. <laughs> like, oh, I know. I really don't like it, but I mean, his dad works with the Knicks. It, it kind of, like it makes sense. Him going there makes sense, especially with that aspect. Yeah. Also, Julius Randle, he got the crap. He had a good game. He had a great game, and he got the crap beat out. I'm not saying it was anything like dirty or inappropriate, but it was very physical defense, like on him. And there was a few times where, like, they thought they, they he may get a tech thrown on him, and he didn't. But um, it looked like it. Like he need a guy one time. The way he like jumped and then like spun to do a pass. He needs smart. I think it was smart that he need like almost in the groin. And I really don't think he was trying to knee him. Like if you see the way, do it. Like he jumped in the air, but then he had to turn his body, and you have to like do something usually with your legs in those moments to like to turn and give yourself that momentum so I don't I think it was probably a little bit of frustration trying to create separation because they were all over him like the whole game and then also just like getting that momentum to like make the pass through the D um but yeah dude like he was just physically getting hammered the whole game and played really really well and i'm not like uh, i'm not a knicks fanboy by any means i do like brunson but other than that i'm not but i do think and i've said this before and i've heard other people say it in just the last like week or so as they've been doing well it's like the nba is better when the knicks are doing well because they're such a staple you know franchise so I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing well. But, dude, that was a – two teams I don't care about, really. You know, like, I'm not a Celtics fan, and I'm, for the most part, indifferent when it comes to the Knicks. And, like, I was glued to that game. Normally, if I'm glued to a game, I really like a certain player or I really like at least one of the teams. That was not the case, but it was just such a good game. Yeah. It was definitely, um, I mean, I watched from the last like, couple minutes. I was watching Last of Us, so I, did, I didn't get to see most of the game, but I did watch the last like couple, I think maybe four minutes of the game, and then I watched both overtimes. And it was just wild. I, or maybe it was like, two minutes of the game, but it doesn't matter. I did see both overtimes, and it was, it was a very good game. Um, like I said, Quickly was, I think, very, very important in that game. I think he had like 38, 8 and 6 or something like that, or 6 and 6, something. But he played really solid. Um, and then to beat like a pretty much a, a full strength Celtics team is wild at home, too. I mean, at like Boston. Um, that's, that's impressive. Uh, tonight, there's not as many uh, games on that I wanted to watch, which is fine because it was made for a good Same. night of recording and everything, too. There's just not much. Yeah. No. Not as much. Um, I was surprised at um, was who was it? The Warriors just played recently. 
The Lakers? Was it the Lakers that they lost to? Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah they that was a yesterday. surprise. That was a surprise to me. Um, but again, you know, I've been saying it. The Lakers have been looking pretty good. They've been really looking better. And then LeBron got hurt, and AD is really stepping up and really playing well, and some other players are playing really well for them. So I'm not saying they're going to even make the playoffs, but they're looking a lot better. But also it was like Curry's first game back and all. So I was just kind of surprised that from what – and I mostly just checked in on the game. I didn't really watch it, but just from checking in on the game every now and then, it seemed like uh, the Lakers had mm-hmm. that game for the most part. I mean, it was it was decently close uh, around halftime. Like I, I did watch the game uh, like a close eye, like the entire time. But for, m- for the most part, I would say like I had it on the entire time. And for for better or worse, uh, the first half I definitely watched close. Had it on a third quarter, kind of checked out a little bit here and there. But uh, yeah, it seemed like the late game the Lakers were going to win. Uh, it didn't seem like the Weirs were having it together. Curry returning. Um, Wiggins still, you know, missing, uh, and and being on the road, they just haven't been a great road team this year, uh, which is no, they really haven't. No, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting when it comes to the playoffs this year because I feel like the Denver seems very very solid um, as far as the West, but you could tell me anyone else, and I would not be surprised because really, Memphis with all their stuff going on, the Kings are still kind of a young team. Um, you could tell me the Lakers get in at like a seven seed or an eight seed and, and maybe do something, but I don't know. I still think that's up in the air. They're better since the trades, but it kind of depends how LeBron plays and when he comes back just, and how they do when he's gone. So They're so, so far. They're just like, they've had, they had such a bad season up to this point that it's – there's just such a hole to climb out of. They would have to like win so mm-hmm. many games from here on out, man. It was just, ugh. And that's what cost them is they did. They just started like in such a hole already. That was like, oh, okay. Well, now we really have to try to get out of here and have things go our way. And you know, an injury occurs and that kind of throws a wrench in your system. You know the right the whole plans there of trying to get it together at the end of the year, but. uh Honestly, been, you're right. It's been a solid uh, time for basketball lately. Yeah, I mean, the Suns now with Durant and all of that going on. I mean, looking really, really good. The Clippers are still like a big question mark. Um, sometimes they look great. Sometimes you're like, what's going on? I mean, yeah. Dude. Yeah, they lost again. Yeah. Um. It's been a while. Yeah, the Kings, I can't remember last time the Kings were really competitive, but they seem to be this year. They really seem to be like this year. They got some. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to uh, make the playoffs. Maybe, depending how well Phoenix kind of finishes out the year, they could get the the three seed. Um, Well, that's where they are right now, but they could get that three seed or they could be, I think, the four. I, I don't really see him far, falling below that unless him really just gets on a hot streak at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. It's, it's definitely one where it's like, there's no, 
dominant teams. I mean, I, I think the Bucks look the best right now. Um, the, yeah, the Bucks look really good. Even though the Knicks beat them, the Celtics still look good. Um, Miami is having moments since the All Star break and the trades and all of flourishing, and then they lose again. So I don't know. I think they're a big question mark too, but I think they still got a chance with the way things are going and trades that they made. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, 76ers obviously look pretty good, but I'm with you. I think the Bucks are the strongest. And then under that, it's probably the Celtics when it comes to the East. That's what I would say. And then the Sixers slightly below those two teams. And then uh, after that, it's going to be probably Knicks or Cavs and maybe the Heat working up there. I think those are probably like the six best right now. Uh, the Knicks seem to be really good. They've had a great record since uh, since December and they're playing really strong. So they could maybe climb up to the four seed and, and lock that down. I don't know. But it's, yeah, very, very strong showing from them this year. And I think you're right. Um it's definitely good when the you know New York's if they've been down for so long. It's kind of nice that they're making a, a little bit of a run here. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, um, but yeah, overall, it's just it's been really entertaining basketball. I've watched even more than normal lately. Like I said, I mean, I watched two teams last night that normally I wouldn't really pay attention to at all, and it was I was just captivated. It was just riveting basketball. It was just so good. So I'm glad. It's awesome. Obviously, it makes for good uh, podcasting material. So um, if I was to put money on stuff right now, I would say Denver out of the West. But we still don't know for sure. There's a long way to go. But, yeah, Murray and Jokic together. I mean, we saw what Jokic did, just him last year and now you got Murray as well I'm just like yeah that they're just so solid but again you don't you never know we're just going to see what happens especially uh, since the trades you know with the Mavs getting Kyrie and like I mentioned before Durant going to the Suns you know just got to see what happens with it you know there's there's enough time that some more change that some more changes and turning of the tide of who's who could happen, but I don't, I don't see them losing the number one spot. One thing you got to mention, and this is more of like a, let's flip sides to side B since we're almost an hour in the podcast at this point. All right. That works. How did you survive you went to two concerts this past, like the same night. So uh, tell us a little about that experience. I think you saw one of your favorite bands that you'd love to mention on here uh, from your area of guilt, if uh, memory serves. Yes, I did. So two shows. I, I've known about the guilt show for a bit, and they don't play local that often. Uh, they really don't. Uh, there's also not a lot of like, there's not a lot of post-hardcore and like emo in this area and that's what they are and there's just there's more of it in jacksonville but it's not a lot of it in st augustine st augustine's a pretty small local market anyways uh so i've but i knew that they were playing for a while and i was definitely going to that show and 
they also had another like i would say more <coughs> excuse me i would say more hardcore than post hardcore like hardcore a little bit hardcore punk band called illuminate me was also on the bill so that they did they they called it a weekender they did um friday saturday sunday little run here in the state of florida guilt and illuminate me and so i I wanted, I knew I was going to go to that. I've known about it for a while, been excited about it. And then I found out that a friend of mine named uh, Jake Brown, he has his own little, like, kind of, it fits in the goth world, but it's actually a little more industrial, like noise rock. Uh, On the heavier side, it's just a solo project where he does a lot of synth and a lot of electronic, but he also plays bass with it. And he like does this crazy effect on his voice where it sounds like really harsh, loud screaming, almost like some of the, especially like the older Nine Inch Nails stuff, you know, but it's just him. Uh, I found out that he was opening a show at a different venue. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to catch both. So I went to that venue, that Sarbez place that I used to book a lot of shows at, uh, haven't since covid but I used to book there a lot uh, over the almost a decade now. And so I wanted to catch him. So I went, I caught him. And then after him were these kind of like new wave, very kind of like a modern take on the, on eighties new wave with a little bit of a goth feel, uh, almost a little shoegazy. Uh, you would actually probably would have liked all the artists more than I did even, but it was good. Uh, it was it was entertaining. So I went to that. I caught his whole set. Uh, and then which his. Uh, the name of it is I-S-Y-A. It stands for I send you away. But he just he always um, uses it as just a, just the um, initials I-S-Y-A. You can find it on Bandcamp. He's got he's put out some full links there. Uh, but anyways, caught him caught the other band so it was really really good and then i was like okay we're probably getting close to when guilt's gonna go on this is already like almost 11 o'clock it's like 10 30 so i left that venue and made my way to the other venue to catch the heavy show and it was really good i um, had a really good time i got there as the as this band called i think they're called like the talk a lots or something like that was playing sounded pretty heavy it's pretty good uh they were almost done by the time i got there and then i caught the entire guilt set i posted some uh like instagram stories of them performing that also was on the top plays instagram so again follow top plays podcast on instagram if you're not so you catch all this stuff uh but i was definitely feeling it as a 40 year old that has not been to a lot of local shows lately that you know, like smaller local shows underground have a tendency to run late. And like I said, like when guilt went on, it was like 11 or almost 11 o'clock, but they were excellent. I just like that band so much, not just because they're a local area band, not just because I know like one or two of the members decently well, but Oh my gosh, they're so good. Just such. And they're heavy. And like there were some people, like some people in the crowd. It's a small venue, small area in front of the band, but there were some people like throwing it down. With um, it started out more just like the push bump moshing, 
But then some people got into it and started doing some like hardcore, some windmills and stuff, you know, like it was very entertaining. And then the band after them, Illuminate Me, was really, really good too. Uh, Illuminate Me ended their set by their members running out. One guy ran, they all ran outside, like, like while the guitar guitarists were playing, the drummer started like piece by piece taking his whole drum set outside. So he ended up on this patio of the venue. The venue's called Nobby's. He ended up up on this patio, just slamming away on his drum set. The guitarist ended up out there too. And the lead singer ended up on top of the roof (laughs) of the venue to end their set. It was wild, Uh, but they were also very entertaining. So it was really good. It was a lot of fun. Um, Afterwards, I hung around for a while, as I have a tendency to do, and just talking to people. Uh, the last band, a local band called The Dismissives, played. Uh, they're a good punk band. Um, so, but they were entertaining, but also, I'll admit, you know, I was also catching up with people, you know, like members of Guilt that I haven't seen in a while, and some other people because I just haven't been to shows a lot lately. Uh, so, it was a very, very good time. And by the time I got home, I was definitely feeling it. I am not used to that anymore. But it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. I wish I had the day off after it, but I work on Saturdays. So I was tired, but. How it, long were you uh, it, like at the shows, like as far as like overall time? Um, so I got the Sarbez like around eight. And somewhere midnight, 1 a.m. is when I got home. Okay. About yeah. five that's, hours. That's a long time yeah. in the feet and everything. Yeah, too. roughly five hours, you know. But I love Caleb's tweet. Like, <laughs> tell me you didn't wear flip flops. <laughs> I did not. And my response was yeah. a picture of me and my chucks. So, um, Oh, no, they're not Chucks, but they're Converse. They're not Chuck Taylors, but they're Converse. But, yeah, yeah. so, um, nope, I, that was co- that was college ward at heavy shows. That's not 40-year-old ward at heavy shows. But, no, it was a blast. It was a really, really good time. And I just want to say it again. I'll just end it there. Like, check out Guilt. They got an EP out because they signed to Smart Punk Records about a year ago check them out there uh get their ep it's actually oh it's an it's two eps actually uh they had like a smaller three song ep that came out near the end of uh 2021 so that's the b-side of their ep that's called conceit and it's really good everyone check it out buy it on vinyl but oh man g-i-l-t guilt really just great band um and also like the other stuff was fun too i mean the the more new wave stuff like it's not my normal jam but it was entertaining and like while my buddy jake his stuff would be like i'd have to really be in the mood for it to just listen to but it's very entertaining live and jake knows what he's doing like he's been around he was the bassist for 238 He was the bassist for an emo rock band that made some waves in the early 2000s called Moments and Grace. Um, He's toured with bands like Frodis, who were like more a 90s underground band that has a lot of notoriety. So like 
this is a seasoned veteran, you know, musician. So uh, uh, in our scene, like he's been with some big players. So, yeah. Definitely sounds like a good night for sure. Um, I don't really have anything coming up on the schedule. I mean, I do have uh, some concerts planned for like, we'll call it early in, in summer. Uh, I usually don't have a thing until then uh, booked. But uh, yeah, it sounds like a fun night for sure. Uh, I'm working on trying to get like a, like a game night going on with some friends uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, because it fell apart that one weekend. And so I'm just kind of like rescheduling. <laughs> uh, hopefully getting some, you know, going out and doing that again. Yeah, that was supposed to be recent, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, last weekend, I believe, if memory serves. And uh, it actually turned out okay, so <laughs> no complaints. Uh, yeah. That's good. Um, That's good. Um, yeah, I don't have any shows I can think of really right now coming up. Um, other than like in August is Jason Isbell, but that's not till August. Um, I don't have anything more recent coming up right now. It's funny because I have all my like group together. Like I have two in May within like a week or two. I have uh, Snowmail and then Blink and Turnstile. And then in September, I have Furnace Fest. Just some small shows. Just some small shows. Yeah. Small shows. Turnstile uh, opening Fest. for Blink 182. Nothing major. And yeah. then, like, everybody loves snail mail. I, speaking of snail mail, I wish the heart shaped vinyl was available so bad. Same. I, I sent out a tweet, no response yet, but I'll keep an eye out. And if they would happen to have it at the show uh, in May, I'll pick up one, of course. Um, like for you, because I mean, obviously I'll pick one up for myself as well, but yeah, that's, I'm definitely, because every, every time I see it, it's like, it's way too much. I think the cheapest I saw it go was like $75, maybe 80. And I'm not, me personally, I'm not willing to pay that. I'd rather get it closer to like 50. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's a, a double lot. LP over two heart shaped yeah. discs. So, right. You know, that's a lot. And I mean, the whole deal with it is she did the, what was it? Four nights was the whole like Valentine's fest. Yeah. And it was available uh-huh. there at those shows. And I'm just surprised. Like, I feel like it didn't sell out. So my guess is I feel like it's either going to be available online or at shows or, or something. Um, Cause I haven't seen enough pop up online yet to make it seem like a lot of people bought it to then flip it online. And I, I just would be very surprised if, let's say it was around a 500 records and I've only seen maybe like six of them posted online. That just seems wild. That just seems like too low of a count. So my guess is they're going to be available at some other point, whether it be online or on tour or something like that. So I'm keeping my eyes open for that. Um, and then, of course, in the the uh, the fall, I, in September, uh, I have... Um, Death Cab Postal Service, of course, Furnace Fest, but that's that's really all I have coming up right now, and I'm kind of trying to keep shows at the minimum because of two trips and everything, and needing to buy flights and and all the good stuff. So I'm trying to keep it to just like stuff either I haven't seen like right. Blink or Postal yeah, Service. Yeah, for sure. Snail Mail is local, so yeah. I have to go. I'm I'm kind of, I'm contractually obligated right. to go. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to those. Uh, but if we look back at at music this past week. Um, 
I didn't have a whole lot for me. I know you had way more stuff than I did. I just know Zulu off the top of my head. Um, for me personally, uh, I really do like the new Boy Genius song that was released. Um, yep, you, that's on my list to talk about. Yeah, you you absolutely called it when you said it was like a, uh, I think you call it like a folk jam or something like that, but like a boppy folk jam or something. And it, they they obviously take uh, pop folk or folk pop night masterpiece. It's so yeah, and they they do take cues from that uh, uh, strong enough to be your man song from like the nineties. Was that Cheryl Crow? I feel like it was or is. I, should I don't say. maybe, but they're taking cues from that song, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the new song from Boy Genius. Um, they finally, which is very frustrating, released a for fans first um, Spotify exclusive variant on like a custard, I think is what they called it, vinyl, which I really stared at intently for hours um, at work, and I ended up not pulling the trigger on it because I thought, you know what, whatever, I'm not wild about the color. I think it's nice with the record Almar and everything, but I bet it means I have to cancel my order, place a brand new order, wait for a refund. It's just going to create a big hassle. So I passed on that vinyl um another really boppy song and you should really check it out because i don't think that you have it's a remix of lavender haze uh from taylor swift and oh, Snake Hips okay. does. i saw it but no, i have not listened but i did see it i did see it that it's I like it a lot. Like I was like, I got to have this to the collection for sure. And actually I, it's very rare. I put a song unless it comes out like in December that I carry it over into like the next year's playlist or add it to it. Cause I'm like, eh, even if it was like an acoustic version, I'm like, eh, it was kind of last year or whatever. But with this, I liked that one so much. I was like, I'm putting it on there. I might delete it before the year end, but I really like that so much that remix, but snake hips has done some good stuff. Um, I've liked a lot of their remixes over the years. So this is just another uh, another uh, gem that they've created, and then um, uh, I I really wanted to put this band on my. They're gonna release an album this year because it had been I think twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I want to say twenty eighteen um, since Portugal the Man had released a new record, and I thought this would be the year because I knew that there was some kind of like some singles popping up last year, and they officially announced their new record. Um, is going to be out i think in april or june i know the final is june but i think the record might be april uh so they they dropped a new single this week as well um under oath another song i need to listen to because i only listened to it twice it's Um, good yeah and i'll let you talk about that one more since you've heard it more than i have um but when i first listened to it i i definitely did not hate it it definitely sounded like um I'll say more regular under oath, if that makes sense, because it didn't really sound like Voyager's that much, and it definitely didn't sound like Erase Me. So it sounded like kind of kind of that kind of under oath, uh, just first impression from me. And again, that's only one to two listens, not dive. I haven't like went back into it again. But uh, uh, wherever you want to start with some music that kind of caught your ear this week, you know, feel free. All right. Yeah. Well, since you just mentioned it, I will start with that under oath. So the name of that track is Let Go. And uh, I really like it. I would, would say the best way I described it is 
it it's a bit of their best parts of who they are it's really really heavy uh it's got a lot of the like really heavy vocals mixed in with the more poppy stuff of like uh like even as far back as like they're only chasing safety but overall heavy overall it's like would be one of the heaviest of the their only chasing safety uh album so like definitely some really heavy stuff but definitely a good mixing of the vocals uh, between like clean and the heavier like scream and such it definitely has some other you know like newer elements but yeah i wouldn't say it necessarily sounds like voyeurist uh, but it's just it's really good and then another thing is uh my friend cameron described it when i i sent the link to uh in a group chat with my buddies cameron and caleb and I said, this is like fast, like kind of like punk. Not all of it. It slows down. Again, it's like, it's like all of their best parts in a song, uh, in my opinion. But there's definitely a lot of like fast, almost like punk beat uh, with tempo. And uh, what Cameron said was like, oh yeah, this is snappy. And that that's a good, that's a that's a good word for it. But I really like it. I like how heavy it is. Uh, but again being able to bring in some of those pop elements from like the find the great line but even more so like they're only chasing safety but it doesn't like lean it it doesn't lean too much in my opinion into any of those and i always like under oath the best at their heaviest and it definitely still has like really heavy elements and for how fast it is through a lot of the song it does slow down at the right parts too. Like, I mean, honestly, it's just, I've, I've been an under a fan for a long time. Some of the stuff they do is better than others over the years, but this, in my opinion, this is one of the best things they've done. And again, the best way I can describe it is it's like some of the best of what they do all in one track. And I, I really dig it. I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it. It's, some people have said it's like a return to form for them. And I don't know. A race uh, me was probably like the hardest outing I've had with being a fan of them. That was a, not a horrible album, but definitely not one of their best, but it was also a weird time. They had just got back together and such, but this is yeah. Let go is a really, really good track. And again, like last time I'll say it, but, because I've sound like a broken record, but it's like the best of all their pieces in one song. So I really dug it. I think you'll like it when you pay. I think you'll like it a lot more as you. Yeah, I'll give that one another listen. Um, I did check out a few uh, artists you sent to me this week as well. So like I, I did a lot of different listening on Friday, especially being a slower day at work um <laughs> it made it for like a really nice day to to do some other things versus just like what you know regularly listen to or what have you yeah so some albums you know came out one of them i sent to you was zulu uh they released their first ever full length it's called a new tomorrow so zulu is like an all-black band in the hardcore metalcore scene their Instagram handle is actually uh, Black Power Violence, uh, which Power Violence is like a subgenre of a subgenre of a subgenre of hardcore metalcore. Uh, but 
they that's that's what um, their Instagram handle is, and it fits. Like they've done two EPs before this, or at, at least two EPs. They're a band very new to me. I didn't know anything about them until just a few weeks back because they got announced that they'll be at Furnace Fest, and so I've been listening and I've liked it. It's you know like it's that modern take. Or from what I could tell, the EPs reminded me of this like modern tank take of hardcore with some of the older hardcore punk elements. Um, this album is heavier than that. This album slows down a bit more. And maybe they did slow down more. I just didn't realize it because like I said, they're very new to me. Uh, but it's it's really heavy. It's leaning a little bit more that like hardcore going to the metalcore way because it's just so heavy. And like I said, it does slow down a good bit while still having like some really fast spots. And I just, I thought I would like it based on what I had heard from the EPs. So I was looking forward to it, but I did not realize how much I was going to like it. I really dig this album and just from like other people that are going to furnace fest and that community talking about it seems like a lot of people feel that way and it it's good it's 15 tracks at least one or two of them is more like a hip-hop track which is kind of cool as well um mixed in with it but i just oh man it's good uh sadly i don't i'm not getting it on vinyl so i was just late to the game and I was looking Thursday and then Friday, and there was only one store. Rev HQ still had a vinyl of it available. And so I was really thinking about it. I even put it in the cart. I was like, you know what? Let me listen to it first. So I listened to the album, and then I immediately went back. And in that time, I, I hit the purchase. And then the cart updated and said, no longer available. <laughs> so um yeah out of luck there is someone that's in the furniture fest community that's going to see them in a few weeks and they said they were going to look and if it's available they would let me know and i could venmo them and they'd get me a copy so there's still an outside chance that i can get that i can get one if they have uh if they have physical copies of it on this tour that they're on but man zulu a new tomorrow it is a powerhouse of an album I, um, it is in the running for being one of my favorites of the year right now. I know it's early, just March, but it's definitely in. The- it's, I listened to it. I probably have to listen to it again. I, I know we didn't listen to the whole record. Uh, maybe got about halfway or so. I, I don't know for sure. Cause I didn't see which track I stopped on for sure, but it was, I would definitely give it another listen, but it was very heavy for me. Almost like maybe too much, but I, again, I want to give it another listen just to, to kind of confirm everything. Um, but that was just my first impression of it. Um, by the way, I did find a purple Zulu, I believe, online. Purple was the last one that was left that was on rev hq and then it um when i went to update my card it was gone so yeah i haven't checked since but friday i scoured after i lost it and i couldn't find it so yeah if you 
think you found it, definitely shoot me that link. Yeah, let me add it to my cart and go to checkout and everything. It's the purple color. Um, white is, yeah. <laughs> Again, if you like white, that's your thing. That's fine. Um, but yeah, they had a white one. And then I saw a brown, it looked like as well. But I did see, like, as far as I can tell, uh, this is in the U.S. So, like, the shipping wouldn't be wild. And it is on purple. And I will hit you up with that link. Um, we had a discussion about it kind of, and I didn't really get into it because you're like, I've been really good with vinyl this week and, uh, yellow is a nice one too. Uh, but it looks like that one might be out. Uh, the hard times looks like they had that one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it sold out the transparent yellow. Um, I'll go ahead and copy the link for you, but uh, Friday was wild because I didn't plan on necessarily buying um, any vinyl, but I was in one of the vinyl groups um, this past week, and someone was selling uh, a record actually I had been looking for um, at a good price, but you know, I like Starflyer 59, and uh, they're a band. I, I, I mean, it's not like I got into them late because I heard about them like when they put out Old, which was like in 2003, I believe. So I've been like onto them since then, but I didn't really, really get into their music until like last five years or so, maybe something like that. But I always wanted to sell them vinyl. I just didn't want to pay $45 for it because it's like an eight track record. And uh, someone was selling it in one of the vinyl groups for $30. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. So, um, uh, I ended up picking up that and I already mentioned like the no doubt and stuff last week, but I picked up the Starflyer record. Um, and then there was, um, uh, a record that from an artist I really like, but, uh, I just had never picked it up nor have I really looked into it. But again, I follow Reddit thread and I should not do that at all. Um, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of how to pronounce her last name because I've actually never heard it pronounced. So I might butcher it and I'm sorry if I do, but she's a singer songwriter and her name is Haley. Um, Heinrich. Oh yeah, you did. It's H E Y N. You did mention this to me. And my response was, Oh, I don't know who this, uh, this isn't an artist I know of at all. Uh, so. Yeah, I really like her. She's only had the one record. It's, it came out like 2018, I think. So, I mean, five years. We're still waiting for a second one. It's a very, it's a short record. I think it's like eight, nine songs. But it's a very good record. And it's very well produced. as well, like it, And what I mean by that, like, it sounds really, really good. Like the horns that, like, when you put AirPods in, you listen to records. Like, Because I, I heard her, like, it came up on a, um, a playlist one day, the years ago, where it was like, I don't know who I was listening to if it was like Phoebe Bridges or something, but like it started like this playlist of like female artists afterwards, or just like it kept coming up female artists and like everyone was like home run. And she was on that list. It was the bug collector um, from that record. And I've since then, I've just been a really big fan of that record, but it's never looked into buying it, but uh, it was on her band camp and fan camp Friday. You know, it's a good time to support artists because they get all of the fee or all of the, the money. And I don't know if it was up that day, or had been posted earlier and just then posted on the vinyl thread, but it was a really sick color of like clear, and there's some purple and gold in it as well, and it looked really awesome, almost like a smoke color record or something with all the purples and everything going through it, 
And um, I get like all the other pressings have sold out. Like this was like the fifth and sixth pressings, I think, of her records. And uh, all very, very high on Discogs if they are listed at all. And so I was at work at like 2 p.m. They had 80 copies left. And I get home, there's like 20 some copies left. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and buy this because I feel like that this is going to be ridiculous to get later. I like the color a lot. I think it looks sick. And, um, you know, Bandcamp Friday, you're getting all the money as well. So I ended up purchasing that. Um, and then I'm just, there's, uh, I've been having the same, there's like one link um, in this Amazon cart for like a, like no joke, like a solid week of just refreshing and like, ah, do I get this? Do I pull the trigger on it? Uh, there's a few records I really want to get um, from Amazon. I don't know if I will pull the trigger. If I do, I hope that I get them so I can like jam out to some music while I uh, watch March Madness next week. But I still am kind of staring at all those records. There's like five in my cart that I'm just like, mm. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> what are yeah. they? What are? Well, uh, I have been wanting, and I placed an order for the Maria's Cinema record. Uh, it went back in stock on their website. I remember mentioning it to you. It was back in like a random day in January, and it had been like weeks. I got the shipping notification, but nothing had ever generated from that. Like it never went anywhere. It just generated the shipping tracking number. So I contacted them. They said, you actually don't have like an, like it, we're out of this, you know, item. And so I said, they said, well, we can either just let you know if we get it back in. And I had, mind you, I already paid for it. It's not like I was, you know, waiting to be charged. Right. Um, that That's so annoying. It's not happened to me often, but when that happens, it's so yeah. And I will say they handled it quickly and very well. Um, they got back to me within a day and um, cause I sent probably on a weekend. So I think I got back, uh, they got back to me like late Monday. Uh, I sent it probably on like a Sunday and uh, they asked if I wanted a refund, which it took me a couple of days to get back to them because I just forgot about it. And then I was like, yeah, I should probably just get the refund after I thought about it. I was like, it makes more sense to just have the money in my account. And then um, so that's, that record is on there, um, which I'm considering. Um, a record I sold, which I don't think this band's great by any means, but I just like the record. And sometimes, like, hey, you can just like something even if it's not like the best in the world, right? You know. Uh, but I really like the Kings of Leon album, <laughs> Only by the Night, and I kind of want to get that on vinyl because I had it at one point and then sold it. So that one and Mechanical Bull from them. Um, so, so actually two Kings of Leon records, and then um. Uh, my copy of Portugal the Man that I bought really cheap on eBay a couple years ago for like 10 bucks is awful. It just is not sonically worth listening to at all because I don't know, someone didn't take care of the record apparently, but they have it on there for like 18 bucks for a new copy. So, oh, um, that's like, I would like to get that's a good, yeah. And I really like that record a lot. So it's like, it would be like something like, oh man, I can't believe, it. yeah, I love that record. It's when I go back and revisit a lot. Um, obviously not on vinyl because my vinyl copy sucks and I had sold mine when I lived in LA. So uh, that, and then the other one uh, I'm looking at is this band called drama and uh, they are on um, ghostly international and they're from Chicago and they are like, I don't want to call it like EDM, but it kind of has that flow. It's, it's a, a guy that does the beats and then a female sings, but her voice is really cool it has like a like a deep quality to it but not like a man or anything singing it just like a for a female it's kind of a, like a, a deeper voice and i just really like the way she sings um 
they came up in a playlist. I, I don't who knows which one, uh, but I really have been hooked on the EP Gallows a lot um, for for a long time, like a, like two years or something. I really like that EP. And then they had a new album come out last year or in 2021, I think. Um, and I do like that one a lot too. And that those two are in there. Uh, as well (laughs) so i haven't pulled the trigger yet but i keep staring at it and i probably have been staring at it now for a week to a week and a half just looking at the records refresh the page look at it more yeah and i just haven't pulled the trigger on it but that's why i said i don't want to talk about final um i've been trying to be to be very good with it but uh yeah (laughs) oh and good news um i don't know if i mentioned this to you in like a group chat so this could be an update uh, supposedly the Taylor Swift records for day release is 75,000 copies. So there is a, it's looking more positive for us getting a copy of that. That's good. Yeah. Cause, oh my gosh, that can be hard to get. That can I mean, be... it's still going to sell well, even with that many copies, but there's just a higher chance that we actually will be able to obtain a copy without paying robbery prices for it. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, I the the EP. I'm not. I'm sorry, not the EP, but the seven inch from last year wasn't crazy expensive. I mean, it's a little bit higher for a seven inch, but also vinyl is just higher. But there were so few copies of it that it was like you had to be one of the first people in line to get it. Mm-hmm. And granted, I showed I, as I often do. I showed up to my local store tone vendor. Uh, pretty early for record store day and i got it i have my i have that seven inch um that was so sought after so um but a lot of people didn't get it for that very reason there wasn't that many so i i like it that this year um she's not doing that she's doing a lot of copies of it so that more people can get it because it's not don't have to do that all the time come on I mean, doing it every now and then, sure. It's one of those right. artists that should. Right. Yeah, she's just so big. Uh, but So that is good to hear. Uh, I will just say this. I totally get it. You know very well, that, I, and I've said it on here. I'm, I'm like you. I'm trying to be really good about vinyl. But 18 bucks for the Portugal Demand album, if you really like it that much, that's a steal. That's a steal. If nothing else, oh, yeah. maybe go ahead and just pull the trigger on that one if you if you financially can, you know. Yeah, that that one I really like. I said I revisit that one a lot. Um, I I don't. I think I actually got on record say last year, if memory serves, and I can check it by going to my Instagram as I'm talking it. But regardless, I have a, a record I got last year from them. Uh, it's their Woodstock record, which has the big song on it, "Feel Steel," which. Uh, Feel it, feel it still, uh, which was a massive, massive song for them. It really put them on like top forty. Oh yeah, um, marketplace. Yeah, that song was everywhere. Yeah, and it it was a, a there was one time that I was at, uh, I think it was like a there's a place called Exchange, and it's like, and I mentioned it before on here. I really like going there because they have new records, they have used records, they also have like um, play uh, records go along like the towards the ceiling that are all like different stuff so you might find something that oh that's like one day i found beloved like what i I didn't need a copy of it and i think it was the first pressing i don't think it was like the repressing i think it was the one broken circles did back in the day 
Um, and it was relatively decent, like $70, you know, not terrible. Um, they always have like old school video games and like different like toys. Like if you do those Funko Pops and things like that, old movies, really cool spot. Um, all that to say that uh, last year at my personal favorite record store, uh, um, the Attic, uh, they had a copy of um, Woodstock on, it was like that 10 records, 10 of uh, the One Cure or something like that, where they did the cancer, uh, they raised money for cancer. And um, I was able to get a copy of it during that time. So it was, yeah, and it was for last record today. They had it really, really well priced too. I think it was like $25. I couldn't believe it. It was like a used copy on pink. And I, I was going to, I can't believe, I kicked myself for not paying 30 or 35 for it at the exchange. And for years I kicked myself and then I found it at my favorite store, like a used copy of it for 25. And I was like, oh, I'm buying this. There's no chance I'm leaving here without this record in my possession because <laughs> I had been looking for it. And it was just crazy online. It was like 50 bucks, $55. I just don't spend that much money on it. I'd rather have just a plain black copy of like 20 bucks versus that. So if I get the yeah. cool color, it's worth it. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and talking just about like vinyl, like this weekend, obviously I mentioned uh, the Zulu. I was also really interested in this EP from the band Scowl. S-C-O-W-L. I was really interested in that because it's this the EP and it's got this really, really sick like screen print on the back of it. Uh, but I didn't get it. I held off. I didn't get it at all. I might end up getting it later. I don't know if it's still available, but a lot of the versions of it are already sold out and it's still just a pre-order. Um, but I didn't get that. I didn't get Zulu. There's also uh, pre-orders up for the new Unearth album, and from the two singles that I have heard of that album, it sounds really, really good. Didn't buy that either. Um, and then Merch Bar uh, had like a really big sale this week, and it may still be going on for some of it, but a lot of stuff that I really like, really good price. Uh, and I even sent you some links because there was some, um, yeah, yeah, yes, the Radiohead, yeah, there's the yeah, yeah, oh, yes, excellent price on that Radiohead. Oh my god, it's a- it was so it was the it was the kid A one and the um, what is it, something okay, computer, the it was uh, the kid the A, you're mentioning kid amnesiac, and it's kid A and amnesiac together, they re released it last year, I want to say. Um, to celebrate like the anniversary because those records are were recorded so closely together they're like brother and sister records a lot of people consider them so that's a very solid price for that i think there are also some extra tracks on that release um and that's a good price for that but the one i was really wowed out about and i I didn't buy a copy of it last year because i had sold mine in la stupidly sold my copy of okay computer in la um i would like to throw that in there um I did buy it last year for a, for a good price. It was like thirty five or thirty dollars, which is not bad for that record. It was tough to get it. Um, but you sent me the okay, not okay version, which is like a whole. I think it's like a, a disc and a half of like bonus tracks, and it was like usually that thing runs about like sixty bucks, and it was like thirty some dollars, and I was like, wow, yeah, like. <laughs> 
merch bar, like really good. And there was some, that was stuff that I thought maybe if you didn't have, maybe you would be interested in uh, those three. But then there was some other stuff on there that I like as well. And again, I did not pull the trigger. I was really, really good uh, about all of that, even though I was really interested in it. But we'll see. You know, I'll check. I'll look at this Zulu that you sent me. If maybe if now it is available again and see what's going on with that. I may end up going ahead and grabbing it because that album is so good. But I was very, very good. Very good. I did get some vinyl this week. Um, I finally, I know you got it as well, but finally Emery's rubbed some dirt on it. Ah, yes. Came. That's been a long holdup, as we know. It happens with vinyl these days. Um, so I got the Emery Land exclusive. It's white with like red and almost a little bit of black to it, but mostly red splatter. It honestly looks like um, red, like to just looking at it, maybe it was also because of watching The Last of Us, uh, but it's like, it looks like a snow covered ground with blood on it, <laughs> which is fitting for the Rub Some Dirt On It album. There yeah. is still coming these. There is a saw blade variant that I also got that is really running behind because it's literally the shape of a saw blade. It's not a regular shaped vinyl. And we have seen a picture of it and it looks awesome. Very incredible looking. I have not ordered it, yeah. but it will probably be one at some point. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to it. I mean, I already know the album. We've people that are like fans of Emory and are in what's called Emory Land have had the album just digitally for an extremely long time. So, so I already know the album very well, but I did give it a spin and it sounds really good. I also received on uh, Thursday night because the it was a pre order and then the album released this past Friday, uh, the new Can't Swim album, which I like Can't Swim. And so I hadn't really heard much of the album, but the mock-up of the variant looks so good. So I was just like, you know what? If they actually pull off this mock-up, this looks incredible. And I already know I like this band, so I'll go ahead and get it. So I pre-ordered that a while ago. It came in. It is a cool-looking variant. It does fall short of the mock-up, which is known to happen. And it was a risk because it would have been a very hard mock-up to pull off. Uh, and it still looks good. Like I sent you pictures of it. It still looks cool, but it's not It's not what the mock-up, what they hoped it would be, which was just sick looking. But it still looks good. I will say I don't love this album from them. It's a lot more their pop punk sound, which they've always been. A, they've always had pop punk in them, but they've also had a good bit of like heavier stuff, kind of like a four-year strong band that um, leans into a little post-hardcore and screamo a little bit. So I enjoyed that side of them more where, and this album is definitely much more just on the pop punk side. So it's still good and it may grow on me, but I don't love it. So all in out a little disappointing because again, I don't love this album as much as their other, as some of their other releases. And while it still looks very cool, it's not the mock-up which again, that would have been, I knew that was a big risk. And I told you when I ordered it, I was like, if they pull this off, that's going to be incredible. And so while it still looks very good, um, but it is a little short, but I got that. And then today I haven't even had a chance to spin it, but 
uh, four years strong, re-recorded, not just repressed, but re-recorded uh, Enemy of the World, which I love that album. And I did not have it on vinyl. So they re-recorded it and repressed it. So I got that album today. And that variant is sick. I also sent you a picture of that. I will post some of these on the Instagram maybe tomorrow if I get a chance um, to take some pictures beforehand and post them. But I am very excited to spin that album because that's an album I really like already. And the mock-up, the variant is sick. It's yellow with like a black and like white. No, like, yeah, whitish a twist to it. Um, really, really cool. Uh, so I'm very excited to have that on vinyl. Now these, you know, like I was saying, I've been really good about spending money. These are things that or, were ordered a good while ago. So, no, I'm sorry, not white. It's like a black and orange on the, it over looks the nice. yellow, which match. Yeah, and it matches the... Um, and it matches the artwork for the album extremely well as well. So yeah, really sick looking and yeah, very, very glad to own that and cannot wait to spin it. Cause I'm hope I'm guessing with the fact they re-recorded it, it's probably going to even sound better than it used to. So, and it came with a download card as I've said before, all vinyl these days should come with a download card please at the bare minimum of any yes. repress or anything of it it should come with one i don't care if it's you're releasing a 10 year old record yeah it should definitely come with one um just do it or put a cd in it something somewhere where you can get the actual tracks if you want to put them on some other very you know because you're not carrying your vinyl record player with you you know come on exactly come on but yeah so i'm looking forward to spinning that uh like i said i was happy with the 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 Emery and while the Can't Swim's not bad, it's just more poppy uh, side of them than I like. I like when they mix in the heavier stuff more than they do on this album. So, uh, but but yeah, so that, that's the vinyl that I recently got in, stoked about. And I will say this: they did it right. You know, I've complained about this. You've even made fun of me a little bit. If you pre-order an album. It, that same variant or other very similar variants should not be available in stores to the general market while the people that pre-ordered it are still waiting for it to come. It's one thing <laughs> if it's a day or two, but when it's like weeks, as some bands have done, that really annoys me. I mean, it's like, come on, I could have not pre-ordered it and just bought the same thing in the record store the day it came out. So Can't Swim did it right. I got it on Thursday. It released Friday. That's how you do, should do it for the people that pre-order your album. Um, I finally got a resolution uh, to one of my... I don't think I mentioned it ever on here. I don't know if I mentioned it to you. So I have been looking for... Uh, there was an article that... I feel like it was Vinyl Me Please, but it could have been another uh, record company. It wasn't like a... Amoeba Records or uh, or something like that. It was like one that's a, more of a subscription service. And they posted like the 10 essential pop punk records. And I was like, oh, okay, this is right in my wheelhouse. Let's do this. So uh, I had most of them on there, which is not a surprise, literally at all, especially if you know me. 
um i probably have the article somewhere still anyway um it brought to mind because my favorite one year's record is uh, uh the greatest generation i love 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 that record but um dear suburbia uh i've given you my all and now i'm nothing is a record that I like, but have not really listened to, but I really listened to it a lot. I was like, man, I'd love to get this record on vinyl. Just, you know, if I can get a good price, I'm not going to you know, pay 50, 40 bucks for it. Cause it's going to get repressed. It's been repressed countless times. And so um, I was looking for it and I had a copy again, I was looking at it for a couple of days. So this was back in January and I was looking at it for a couple of days and I was like, eh, I'll wait. And then I went to get it and it was gone. So I was like, ah, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Cause then he had like two or three in stock. And uh, literally within like a week or two, week and a half, Hopeless had repressed it and uh, the upsides as well. And it's a like a transparent blue, but it's like a light transparent blue. So it's pretty cool. And uh, I had ordered it and it had been three weeks, four weeks. And even by this time, even media mail is not that slow. I don't care. I don't care how you send a media mail. It doesn't go that slow. And I checked on the tracking number and it had not moved. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Because it'd be different if it was moving. And I don't get, like I said, I don't get impatient. You know, I understand it takes a little bit of time, but usually never that long. And also at least would be moving and it wasn't moving at all. So I sent an email out to, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was Merch Bar or something. Who are, I forget who's handling um, Hopeless Records um, store order. But uh, they responded to me, which took a couple of days, at least two or three. Uh, not ideal. I prefer at least 24 hour turnaround time if it's, you know, a business day. And it's like, if I send it like uh, at night or something, at least you have like the whole business day. You know, if I send it like at night on a Monday, I would expect, you know, by like midday Wednesday, at least get a response. And um, they responded saying, well, we see you didn't, here's how they first started it. Well, uh, well, we see you didn't get the insurance. You know, there's like this little insurance, it's like 98 cents you can add on that helps you if someone steals it or gets damaged along the way but at the same time like that should be covered like if you're a seller as someone that has sold vinyl i'm speaking uh you know if i sell you a record and it gets you damaged different than how i sent it out or um just never gets there it's like it's kind of on me at that point you know what i'm saying like i sent yeah i sent it out maybe got lost in the mail but at the same point part like i'm the business like i gotta make it right if I sent someone a record and had the tracking and everything, and then like, oh, you just never got it, you know, that person's got like, well, let's just forget about it, you know, they're gonna want either their money back or or the record, and obviously, I couldn't produce another record if I'm selling right. it because I'm not a store. Yeah, yeah, it's so, one thing if it's like really damaged, while a store should still make it right, then you know, there's a little bit of like, nah, that's on mm-hmm. U- USPS, you know, that's the risk you take. Granted, a store usually still makes it right, and they should. Yeah, but in my opinion, the whole insurance thing—that's yeah. more to save the seller's butt than the buyer's. It's more of a racket to me, and I never add it. Like there have been like once or twice where Tooth and Nail has had I had it placed on my order because I couldn't get it off for placing the order. It's very frustrating because it's like ninety since I didn't really need to pay for it all. But anyway, uh, they said we didn't see you didn't take the insurance. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a good start. I love it. This is this is where I knew where we're going with this. And it says, well, it's been, you know, three weeks and, or three and a half weeks or whatever it was at that point. You ha- you know, give it another week where it would have been like a full entire month at this point. And if you still don't have it, contact us 
and we can see what's what to do next. And there, the thing was, is like, well, we generated the, the tracking number and we don't generate tracking numbers until we are literally mailing them out. And sometimes the postal service will not actually scan it in and it just shows up. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's, I gave it like at this point, like a little over three weeks. And that's like more than enough time for media mail, like even the slowest of media mails. And it's, it's not that far away. Like I'm pretty sure it was like in the New York area. So, you know, it's not that far away from me either. And, um, but like give it like another week. And if you don't have anything, contact us so we can try to figure something out. And I was like, oh, what we're going to figure out is me getting my money back, whether I go through you or PayPal. Um, Cause it was that. And it was also a seven inch from Tiger's jaw. Um, and I was like, I'm uh, getting my money. Anyway, uh, I thought, you know, all right, I'll give you a week. And I happened to check it almost a week later. It was like, I think Thursday or Friday. And it would have been like a week on Monday or something. And um, I saw, oh, look at that. It's it's moving. That's interesting. And uh, it arrived this past week. So uh, obviously in great shape and good, everything. Good, good. Um, I bet you it was still sitting there. I wonder if they had not even, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm just glad I got it. I just didn't like the, the right. thing. Well, well, we'll see what we can do. Well, you'll see about replacing my money or record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because sometimes a store has the ability, you know, to create a shipping label that gives the tracking number yes. and all before it's actually put in the mail. So it could have been that. It could have been that they checked into Absolutely. it and then they're like, oh we never put this out. We never sent it off. You know, so I'm glad you got it because that's some junk. But yeah, no, a store, especially when it's a store like that, they need to make that right. You know, that they yeah. definitely need to make that right. 100%. But yeah, that, so thankfully it arrived this week, a month later. Uh, you know, like I said, it was in good shape. Uh, There's no complaints. It was wrapped in bubble wrap twice. So, I mean, it was awesome. I haven't spun it yet. I have, I, it's not that I haven't been, I did listen to, to Rihanna this past weekend, but a lot of the stuff been kind of saving. Cause like I'm going to be spinning records all day while watching college basketball next week, but I'm going to save at least, a, at least about four or five for that. And then if any arrive between now and then that I have my list. Uh, oh, I know one other one I forgot that I, I had on here. Um, I finally caved, you know, I like green records and I finally caved and someone's selling, he is legend. <laughs> um, I am Hollywood green variant which had been sold out you have that album yeah but i it's one of my favorite records so i don't mind if i have two copies of it and one being on green um but i did buy the green variant will i keep it probably but i still have it and i paid like 40 bucks shipped so that's not terrible considering it was probably on sale on tooth and nails website when they had those copies for 30 or 35 dollars so i didn't really pay much of an upcharge at all so yeah, not a good week for me in records. I'm, I've been trying to be pretty good, but I did pull the trigger on a couple. It feels like I pulled the trigger on way more records than I actually have, but it's still just like daunting to stare at the links and everything. Ugh. Yeah, I've been, I guess you could say I've been better than you have recently. Um, For sure. Yeah, this, this week got me. This week uh, got me for at least one, two... I can't remember. Starfly came pretty quick. Uh, that might have been the beginning part of last week, either when we recorded or the night after we recorded or something like that. So, 
it, it arrived just uh, a day or two ago. So I think at least uh, three records this past week I've pulled the trigger on and uh, I'm not proud of it, but they're pretty solid releases getting. So, I mean, if you really wanted, you could always sell the Furnace Fest I Am Hollywood uh, for it. <laughs> you can no. sell it for at least a hundred dollars. The cheapest one on disc. Oh, absolutely not. The cheapest one on Discogs right now is one hundred and twenty-five. So. I I love that record because it's exactly like the CD artwork, and I love what they did with the the gold font. I really like. I didn't realize how many colors they did. And actually, it was this guy's post. Um, I saw where someone had posted. Like there are so many different variants that were like very rare variants. Like there's a purple cover. There's a violet cover. There was a blue cover, a red cover, of course the rainbow, but there's only one of those that Skylar has. Um, an orange one, I believe, is another one. And there are a couple that look pretty sweet, but like they were more rare vans that released uh, in very, very small batches from Unoriginal. And I like that they did different fonts and everything with it. Um, if I didn't get this at such a good price, like because like the cheapest one that I had seen was like 45 and that was a while back maybe 50. Um, I actually had the yellow variant and sold it, but I mainly got that just to sell. Um, yeah. So I, I did end up with a copy of. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, the it's incredible. So there's the green, which is called seduction. There's a thousand of that. There was, yeah. a, there was 800 of yellow, which is titled best in Mexico. Um, then there was uh, 400 pink with gold glitter filled screen printed cover, which is the one that that's the one yes. I have. Then there was a hundred of baby blue with baby blue screen printed cover. And then there was the one one off rainbow uh, that was given to his legend. And then uh, there was all, then there was also the uh, furnace fest exclusive day two edition which is actually the one we have 500 copies 100 of them were blue 400 of them were pink and yeah. that's yeah the 400 pink with the gold filler uh those were the two that were exclusive the furnace fest and uh and so those mm-hmm. were uh, and that's the one that you and i both have so yeah um i i don't ever plan on selling my copy either but I also don't have another version of it, nor do I necessarily plan oh, no. on getting another version. Um, I know we're going long, but also I feel like it must be mentioned uh, that uh, I'm trying to remember who it was that did the Comeback Kid 20 Year for Turn It Around, which is an album that's been it's been pressed a few times. I have the like smoke oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, color variant of it. I, I found that actually really good price at Seasick um, when we were there in Birmingham over this past Furnace Fest. So that was awesome. So I was really great. Yeah, I was really glad to get yeah, it. Yeah, I pointed out so it was on the just wall. saying, they did a repress of it because it's what, 20 year anniversary? And... I'm checking the year. So they right released now. it, and and I mean the prices yeah, were years. really good for it. And I didn't know about it. I'm very glad I didn't know about it because I 100 would have gotten it if I had known. Uh, but by the time by the time I saw it, it was already uh, that was cheap. I think the 
the uh the sale had been going on for like two hours when i when i saw it so i'm very glad i didn't get it um but i mean this was it was it was incredible it was the 20-year anniversary vinyl it was this like um marbled um kind of not really kind of a marble it was like red and white there was also a gold and both of those were really good prices but what was 22 i think was the the more expensive one and then one was 20 i think incredible great prices for new albums uh new but especially for like really cool variants but what was crazy was they also had a red liquid field version of it um that sold out for $80 only which sounds like a lot for vinyl but if you are familiar with liquid field vinyl those I have never seen one for sale for under a hundred bucks before and they always that's a full yeah and they always go super fast and that thing was only was 80 bucks and I saw some people complaining about it and I'm like are you kidding me this is a great deal. What are you talking about? It was a uh, face down did it. And I'm like, oh, this yeah. is a really, really good price. There were, uh, it sold out in like, in like 20 seconds. Crazy. I'm not no. surprised because like most, most seven inches that enjoy the ride has done. Now enjoy the ride is really cool. I don't know if all seven inches are like this, but the company they work with for their, their liquid filled records um, if because eventually they do lose the liquid you get like the address and everything and you can literally send the record to the company not enjoy the ride but the company that does the records and they will fill it again for you for like a small oh, price wow. it's like i didn't know that five bucks or something like that it's really reasonable that's pretty cool and i did so, not i did not know that and i don't know if that's an option with this one or not but i'm just saying like uh under a hundred dollars that's cheap. really great. That's price. real cheap. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Like, their seven inches are usually seventy five dollars, seventy or seventy five for a seven inch. And Scott has one that's really cool. It's a Ninja Turtles song from like the video game, and it has a turtle floating inside of it, like a little mini turtle. Really sick. Yeah, I've seen the pictures of that. That does look really cool. And I don't know if Enjoy the Ride did this for them or who did the pressing for them. Uh, but still, I'm not surprised at all. It sold out super fast because that's an incredible price, eighty dollars. I mean, so oh, hats absolutely. off the face down for not only having the other two um, anniversary editions for for being like under thirty. Honestly, is really really good. But eighty bucks mm-hmm. for Liquid Field, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I missed it. As awesome as it would have been to have, I just cannot afford that right now. And I totally would have pulled the trigger for that. I would have, and I would have, and I would have been hurting. I would have yeah, been seriously hurting. I just can't afford that right now. But oh my goodness, that's such a great. Well, like my Ninja Turtles one that I have, uh, I paid I think 120 or 125 for that, which isn't bad. It's not like a bad price. That's normally what you'd expect for a liquid filled 12 like double-sided record because it, it's both sides and now i take it back the ninja turtles is only one side because one side's like a uh, turtle face uh it's like a screen printed uh thing on one of the record sides but it's like that's what you normally pay for a liquid filled 12 inch record it just is it just that's yeah. the cost and, and a seven inch right and like not knocking on you so, for getting it but like 
it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a little more of a novelty type of thing, and it's over a hundred dollars. This is an actual yeah. album, like a really pivotal hardcore album that came out twenty years ago. So like eighty bucks is a great price for that, and yeah, I'm so glad I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Because you would have bought it, you're like, ah, uh, because you don't have a liquid fill, and they're tough. To, they're tough to get because they're usually only small batches of them. Like, and I love that off, album. Like, I love that album. Yeah, and, and what, what I would have done if I were you, I would still keep my regular copy, and then I would still have the liquid fill that I'd only occasionally spin. Like for me, there are some records that are so hard to get. Like if I was ever able to get, like if Frank Ocean restocks his web store again, because I know he just did not too long ago for Blonde, I would buy another copy of it. Just because one, it's very hard to get already. So if something were to happen to my copy, at least I have a backup. Wait, and he, then like, so it's not a bootleg. He restocked Blonde. Yeah, so he did when? original pressing in twenty sixteen. I want to say they came out on Black Friday twenty sixteen, and it's the all black cover. It's in black and white. Um, this is you know black for the the main art. So he restocked the store, and I I saw it like late. And it was gone. It was a different. It was a second pre- official pressing. It was the um, the real artwork that you see on like the streaming sites, and, and it's the white cover where he has like the green hair. That's the one that they did. He completely did the packaging and everything inside. I would have easily dropped. It was like, bro, it's fifty bucks or sixty bucks. I'm like, um, one. That's what the original reseller at. It was fifty bucks for the for the original pressing of it when it was on sale for the first time. Two, if you pay, if you get an official copy of that, like you're paying like two hundred dollars, you know, if you get a good deal, but more likely you're probably paying three or more, like easily. Crazy, but it's just because it's so rare. Yeah, and it was only done the one time. So if I could ever get another copy of that, like I really don't want to pay like a resale price on it, which it still isn't terrible, uh, considering like. 150 bucks or whatever for for that considering it's not bad but if i could get it for like if you ever restocked it for like 50 or 60 bucks i would easily drop it again just because i would love to have two copies of that record because it it is like i said very special to me uh i, I didn't say it like this but like just i've said it other times it's a very special record for me if something were to happen to my it's one of my favorite things in my collection so if i could have a backup copy i would prefer to have one if i could if it was a reasonable price right um, yeah yeah when you yeah. said like uh, recently we stopped i thought you meant like in the last few months and i was gonna yell at you for, for wait no he did oh yeah yeah that's like a month ago what i missed it you didn't tell oh because it was already it missed. was gone it was like i found out about it within like an hour i got the reddit late uh notification late and it was like what and so i went to the website and it was already gone. Like it was like, it was definitely not more than two hours. And I don't know if it was a Friday or if it was a Saturday, but it was one, it was one of the two days. They either got caught up at work or I just, you know, Saturday afternoon, I was just chilling and hanging out. And I caught, I went on my phone late and I missed it. And I was like, oh. cause I would have, I definitely would have said something to you because it was an official copy for like 50 or 60 bucks. I think it was $60 this, this time. It was a little bit more money, but yeah. I would have easily bought that. Like I would have been like, take my money, please. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm not as big of a fan as you are of him even, but I definitely want that album. Yeah, it's it means so much to me, that record. Like, that's why I'm like, if I could ever get another copy of it, 
that's official like that. I wouldn't buy a bootleg of it. I would just wait because it's the first time he's done a repressing and see it was like six and something years. Uh, he's never stocked the seven inches again. So all that stuff, like if I, if I, you know, the seven inches, I don't necessarily need to have again if something were to happen to it, but for sure, I would love to have another copy of Blonde because it's like one of my all-time favorite records. Like that one means a lot. So if I do see it again and I'm not late on it, I will definitely give you a heads up or, you know, buy two copies and send one to you or something because, man, yeah. that thing is just tough to get. Yeah, it's so hard. And that's why it's so expensive because, I mean, he he yeah. plays the game well. It's it's very rare that he does. And when he does, it's only a small mat number of them. And so, yeah, it goes quick. And I think we should all uh, keep our heads on the swivel in the next month and a half because Coachella is going to be coming up. Frank Ocean's headlining one night. I think uh, we got some stuff coming up. uh, That's what I'm thinking. So that would be cool. That would be cool if he released something. Some new stuff. Not maybe. Not maybe. Maybe some restocks as well. But definitely some new stuff. I think is going to be popping up for sure. Like a new record. So. Uh, we need to all keep our eyes and ears open and uh, our wallets free because, <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be some stuff on the horizon the next, like, within the next, say, month and a half to two months. Oh, uh, dude, if the last month is any indication, there's a lot of stuff coming out that I'm going to want and it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be tough. And then again, I'm, I'm trying to save money because of tr- like, furnace fest and all that you know so i really need it so i mean like no i know i don't know this furnace fest maybe like my first furnace fest where i didn't buy hardly any merch whatsoever last year i bought a lot more merch and i mean i'm happy for it i it was fine you know i i saved i was prepared i did it but this coming furnace fest it may be just more about the trip itself and i may not buy as much merch at all that was mine last year. I, I just wanted the blindside vinyl. That's like the main thing for me. And then um, I am getting the Pedro of the Lion as well. Um, before we wrap up, I do want to mention, um, I've been doing actually a lot better of keeping my releases on the calendar this year. Uh, you, I used to be really good about it and then kind of slacked the last couple of years. But this week we got um, an acoustic version of uh, the newest um, Death Cab for Cutie record is going to be out. It's been reworked acoustically, so that one's definitely on my list because I enjoy that one a lot. It's one I talked about on my year-end list. Um, there is a new Lana Del Rey record coming out on Friday. And Manchester Orchestra is having an EP, I believe. It's classified as an EP. Um, I think it's six to eight songs, and I'm pretty sure they're calling it an EP. Um, a new record on Friday as well. So there's some new releases coming this week nice i don't think i have anything coming up right now i have some other stuff like later um i'll say that i'm you know that i'm watching but i don't think i have anything like right now coming up um anytime soon so which is probably good (laughs) (laughs) right i mean Boy Genius is about one of the only ones I can think of on the top of my head, and we still got a little bit for that. So yeah, it's the the very last day of the month, I believe, the thirty first. So which we've already. So hopefully that'll be when is that supposed to? I, 
the vinyl supposed to come the vinyl it's supposed to be really soon after that i think either yeah. then or that'd be cool if it came like the week of oh man i would definitely be spending that for sure yeah i think it's i think it's an april i think the vinyl's supposed to be april but that's still soon after so. yeah and i have the kick-ass t-shirt coming too <laughs> looking forward to that oh that's right yeah, yeah i think they're right. gonna be they're going to be doing some big stuff this year. I, I feel like the boy genius. I feel like they're going to be very for them. Very like, wow. Like this is kind of surprising and they're really kind of getting a, the name for themselves. So I wonder, I wonder if like they're going to have a song on the radio is what I'm thinking. I, I think one of the songs from the record eventually is going to get some radio play. So good look, good for them. Yeah. I mean, I love those artists. Like we've been talking about them for a long time since they were just like, you know, starting out and, and any any time like a band like I mentioned the weekend last year, seeing him in that small venue to like you know SoFi Stadium, I don't think Boy Genius is going to get to that grand of a scale. But just like seeing your favorite artist succeed and just be able to make a career and have a career in the music industry, which is very difficult. Like I don't know if people realize it. It's not easy. It's very tough, and it's not even just work. It's sometimes just dumb luck honestly i mean i'm being 100 serious like it's just sometimes dumb right. luck you catch the right thing at the right time and you just get huge um right well I'm, all three of these artists are big names in the like mid the higher they're the they're mid-level artists but the higher tier and then i mean really phoebe bridgers yeah. i don't know if you can call her a mid-level anymore after what punisher did no nah, she's more she's right she's very popular now like a lot of people i mean she's if you can't go up to everybody and be like hey phoebe bridgers but you can go up to a lot of people especially if anyone's like in the indie kind of community i'll call it like any community for lack of a better word um you're gonna know who she is and you probably know who the other two are as well but you definitely probably know who phoebe bridgers is yeah but if you listen to yeah. just top 40 you probably don't know who she is but then she is getting on that scissor song so that's true and I've, i feel like punisher had radio play maybe not huge but a good bit um, yeah definitely alt radio for sure uh definitely college yeah. radio yeah oh yeah uh, and lucy dacus and julian baker both have college radios so uh to some degree so yeah i do think i think with just how much of a splash punisher was and then already in the underground how well known all three of them are uh, i definitely could see um this boy genius because the first was just an ep so I do think this full-length album could mm -hmm. really put them out there. And I really, like I said, I really do like you call it because I didn't listen to the song until like I got home on Friday because I, I did listen. The reason why I was trying to listen to different things, so I was trying to listen like the, the Zulu record. I was trying to listen to stuff that was on my release list, stuff that was on the main release list. So I, I tried to go through those things, and uh, I, I listened to it. And I got home that night. I was like, "Words right. This is this is good." And I, I need to listen to it again as well. But uh, I feel like that the the Boy Genius song is a lot catchier than anticipated, and I don't know if it could be on pop radio, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. If that makes sense, that's kind of like how I see that song. So, yeah, it's really good, and I did not even catch on the like strong enough vibe that they're playing yeah. on. But you're completely right because the name of the song is not strong enough. Yeah, it's it's and plus like I I, I did read the art I noticed it in the song like I probably wouldn't have noticed it anyway but when I had an article that was like in I think they're in Rolling the cover of Rolling Stone again it's still something like they get on Rolling Stone pretty wild and uh, they had a massive feature like it's a great article find it read it it's long but find it read it it's really good 
they talk to each of them individually as well as a group and they're they're just so like such great friends and i'm glad they just make such awesome music individually and together um, but yeah yeah so and at that at over two hours we should call it yeah because we're probably about two hours and ten minutes or so now but uh top yeah. plays podcast we got uh march madness coming your way next week uh, I'm going to give you some personal opinions. I'm hoping it's a good Lana record. Usually hers are hit or miss for me. Hoping it's a good one. Uh, looking forward to Mano. Really like Mano. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Manchester Orchestra for anyone that doesn't know. If you don't know, now you know. Suckers.